But you've heard of snow crabs, king crabs, uh, blue crabs, softshell crabs. But have you heard of green crabs? European green crabs are actually an invasive species. They've been causing problems on the east and west coast for decades now. But there's currently a movement to try to figure out what can be done with all these green crabs instead of freezing them and throwing them into the landfill, which is what's happening. So let's find out what can be done. I had a chance to speak with Dr. Gabriella Bratt, who's a fisheries extension specialist at the University of New Hampshire's Sea Grant program. And to start with, I asked her, what are European green crabs? Uh, green crabs are uh, little, little nuisancey, pesty uh, crabs that are invasive to the United States, and they are originally from from Europe. Okay, and are they just popping up like in North America now? How did they get here? Well, they're not just popping up in the east coast of the United States. They got here over two hundred years ago. And they came over, like a lot of invasive marine species, um, through ballast water. So way back in the 1800s when, you know, there was shipping and people came over on boats from Europe, they came in the ballast water, the little larvae. And when they dumped it in Cape Cod Harbor or something, they crawled on out and decided to make a home here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're increasingly becoming a problem here on the West Coast, too. So what what do you do with them? Like, how quickly do they multiply? Very quickly. So, um, but let me backtrack a little bit. Over in um, over at the West Coast, they were introduced um, by the population of green crabs that were already on the East Coast um, through us shipping uh, seafood in seaweed over to to the West Coast. And um, but they do reproduce very quickly given the right conditions. So in this case, nice warm water um, and a long uh, long feeding season, um, they can reproduce uh, up to, let's see, one female can ha- carry up to 180,000 eggs. Ooh. That's one female. And sometimes they can carry two clutches of these 180,000 eggs. Um, so you can see how very quickly, even if, you know, just a, just a few percentages of that make it, right, um, you can have exploding numbers. And so what is the danger here? You, call, you said they're an invasive species there. What kind of destruction do they cause? So they're very, very good at outcompeting our native species, like our other native crabs and so on. And they're very, very good at overeating everything. So they really love shellfish. So they love bivalves, like mussels and softshell clams and so on. And um, so, for example, one medium-sized green crab, and by medium-sized, I mean maybe, maybe three inches across the width of their, of their shell, um, can eat up to 40 mussels or clams by itself. So that's one crab. And uh, so you can imagine if they're out-competing other native species for food and they're also eating everything that you and I like to eat, um, that means that a lot of fisheries, especially shellfish fisheries, are... Um, feeling the impact of losing their product to the green crab. Um, they also dig very well. So in order for them to get to these um, bivalves, they can dig up to eight inches. And so in a lot of our estuarine and coastal waters, they perturbate the bottom, so the substrate. So they cause erosion. They like to uh, clip eelgrass beds, which are really important nurseries and estuaries. Um, and so if they decimate those those nurseries and uh, eelgrass beds, then we also lose potential habitat for 
baby flounders and lobsters and anything else that needs shelter. Wow, this sounds really serious then. So what can we do about them? Well, so um, the first thing is for everybody to become aware, right? (laughs) Um, And then one of the things that we are trying to do here on the East Coast is we are already beyond the point of, um, you know, trying to trap them out and bringing their population numbers down. We're at the point where we're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with all of these crabs, all of this biomass? Can we eat them? Can we create markets um, like pet food or fertilizer or, um, you know, like a big soup company or something like that that will um, use a lot of crabs? The issue is removing a lot of the crabs from these different um, ecosystems so that other things can have a chance to recover and um, and sort of bring up our biodiversity. And so that's some of the work that's been going on on the East Coast. On the West Coast, um, the invasion, so to speak, isn't quite as extensive yet, but it is making its way all the way up to Alaska and to you guys. Um, and so things like uh, trapping efforts and also starting to consider, is this a marketable um, uh, product? You know, even if it's not for consumption, could you make um, a bait for lobsters, for example, or could you make it as part of uh, fish feed or other types of pet food right. or even compost and fertilizer? Are they not edible? They are edible. So one of the things that I keep telling people is that, um, you know, just because they're invasive doesn't mean that they're inedible. They're not poisonous. Um, the issue with them, why people aren't eating them often, is because they're small. They're not like a big Dungeness crab, for example. So picking the meat is really hard, and the shell is really hard. So processing it is virtually impossible um, because you need a lot, a lot of crabs to, you know, get even a crab cake, for example. But um, one of the things that we've been working on is figuring out how to create a soft shell market or a soft shell product like the blue crabs down south. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been, um, we figured out molting and so on and so forth and have produced, have been able to um, produce soft shell crabs during the season that they molt. And uh, we've been working with restaurants to bring them to people's dinner table. Right. That's tricky though, right? Because so, they, they have a soft shell only for a very small period of time. A very small period of time. So um, the trick is to basically hoard all the crabs that are about to molt and keep them from eating each other. And then once they molt, you have to remove them from salt water so that the shell doesn't harden. But you have to remove them from the salt water when it's just right. If it's too soft, then it's mushy. And if it's too hard, then it's really um, difficult for people to eat the whole crab, right? Because that's what most people do with soft shells. So, but once you remove them from salt water, uh, that stops the hardening process. And so you can store them in a fridge, you know, until you need to take them to market, for example, and they'll stay soft the entire time. Boy, this sounds very, very challenging. <laughs> well, I think it, it could, you know, it's worth it. Back um, in Venice, they have a, uh, a conspecific green crab, so it's not the exact same species, but they have, had, they have an artisanal fishery there. It's, you know, several hundred years old, and they do exactly that. They go out and they fish out tons and tons of the crabs that are about to molt, hold on to them until nature does its thing, and then they harvest the soft-shell crabs and bring it to market where they can get up to 40, 50, 
sometimes 60 euros a pound. Um, it's quite a delicacy over there. So I'm hoping we're, that we can do something similar here. Okay, so how are restaurants taking this? Are they willing to try it out? Oh, yes, they have. Uh, at least here in New Hampshire, where I've been working, um, yeah, we have a lot of uh, restaurants who, when we can provide the soft-shell crabs, because like you said, it's a little bit, you know, time-consuming and uh, labor-intensive. Yes. Uh, when, we do, when we do bring them to them, uh, they sell like hotcakes. They really do. Um, they, they sell out, and people, you know, they do like hearing that what they're eating um, is actually, you know, a good way to help the environment. So um, they like that, that kind of eco-groovy story to it. Um, the, issue for, <laughs> the issue for us is providing enough to meet demand. And so since we're still sort of growing this concept, um, you know, we, right now we really only have um, a few uh, harvesters who are willing to put in this, you know, this energy into producing soft-shell crabs. But we do have one, especially in southern Maine, who has been able to scale up a little bit and has been providing um, some of our restaurants with, with soft-shell crab during early summer, which is when they molt. Wow. Well, it's worth a shot, I guess. Uh, listen, thank you so much for your time. Yep. Oh, you're welcome.